Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 1st. Yep, this is a new, sort of a new month. We're into the second month of the NFL season. My name's Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again is my good friend and very fan, experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rito, how are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Thank you. I've been traveling all over the country for the last week, so it's good to be home and still talking about football. Week five is upon us. Yeah, I can't believe this. We're uh, we're closing in on the uh, on the, well, we've gone beyond the quarter pole. Uh, <laughs> we're we're coming on the third of a season almost over here, and there's lots of good stuff to talk about. Uh, very interesting season to date. A lot of issues with quarterbacks, but. Uh, uh, it's interesting, uh, John Holler, my right-hand man at FF Mastermind, excuse uh, the, uh, it's not meant to, uh, <laughs> it's not against you, nothing against you, Chris, but uh, John has been working with me since 1997. He threw out a question, and it was very interesting because this has to do with Chris and the team that he covers, and he said he was just going over the stats and all, and he said that uh, he couldn't believe that there was only one quarterback this this year through four weeks that has thrown at least two touchdowns in every single game. And I said, well, let's see, uh, Tom Brady, nope, he blew that last week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, no, he didn't do that uh, last week either. So uh, I was uh, kind of surprised to learn that Jacoby Brissett, the Colts quarterback, is the only quarterback to throw at least two scores, uh, you know, every week of the football season. So, Chris, give me your opinion of Jacoby, how he's doing so far and do you think he can keep this up? What do you think it means for fantasy football? Well, to say he is going to keep it up, he's a quarter of the way through the season, that means he's going to get 40 touchdowns this year. And I think that, that might be a little bit of an unrealistic expectation. However, it is interesting to know that he's very quietly, as you said, tied for the league lead in touchdown passes with 10 through four games. And the very interesting thing is that nine of his 10 touchdowns have been in the near red zone. So when they get in close, they want to run the ball, and they want to run the ball a lot. But when they get in close – they're going to the air to, to get the scores. So I do think that while 40 might be unreasonable, the fact, uh, a very high touchdown rate is very sustainable based on the nature of the way they're running the offense right now. So I, I do think he's probably going to continue to be a fairly touchdown-dependent, relatively solid fantasy scorer. He's number 12 right now amongst fantasy scorers for quarterbacks. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's likely to continue. Um, is it real? I, I think the game plan has worked out. Look at his schedule a little bit, though. He's got a lot of very pass-friendly uh, matchups in the latter half of the season. So I, I think 30 is, as you had mentioned earlier to me in an email, I think 30 is very reasonable. And who knows, maybe if the pace keeps up, he could get into the, into the mid-30s. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, just the, the way he's playing and the way that the team is throwing in the red zone, and I think a lot of this also depends on if they can get T.Y. Hilton back on the field. Is there anything new uh, development there locally with Hil- Hilton and his squad that you can uh, share with us right now? Well, it, frankly, I don't think it's looking very good. He, he's still looking very, very sketchy to play this week, and, and obviously with the bye week next week, I think they're probably not going to push him. Uh, to play in a game that they're going to have, frankly, a hard time competing in anyway on that Sunday night game uh, at Kansas City. So my gut feeling is that Hilton is going to sit this week and then obviously through the bye next week and get healthy for when they have a slate of of divisional games and key games coming up after that. Uh, Speaking of the injuries and such to Hilton, what about Marlon Mack? He left that game and they announced it was an ankle injury. But then at the end of the game, uh, Frank Wright said that, hey, uh, you know, he could have come back in the game, but as a game script, you know, we were behind. So, you know, Nyham Hines was our, uh, our, our pass catching back. Uh, do you think that uh, Marlon has a good shot to play this week? I, he's likely to play from everything I've heard. Um, he, basically, he himself said he could have gone back in the game. In fact, the tone of his tweet to a local television station kind of sounded to me like he was a little bit bitter that he was – more benched than held out because of game script. So I'm not exactly sure how to read that. I think he's going to be back in, and they're going to try and run the offense through him. It is worth noting, though, that in the games that Marlon Mack missed last year, Naheem Hines averaged eight-and-a-half targets a game. So uh, I think they will use the short passing game as a surrogate for the running game should Mack ever be out, whether it's this week or down the road. And then Naheem Hines has also been moved into the number two spot on the depth chart. He leapfrogged Jordan Wilkins very very quietly, that was kind of done in the unofficial depth chart this week that the team released. So, uh, Mines is the guy to keep an eye on, especially if Marlon Mack's ankle turns out to be a little more troublesome than it looks like right now. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if he ends up with 30, how many other quarterbacks are in the 30 range, because it seems that there's more and more touchdowns being thrown and less rushing touchdowns each week. But, uh, you know, uh, certainly there's going to be aberrations like this past week. Who would have thought that uh, neither uh, Patrick Mahomes nor Tom Brady would have thrown a touchdown? <laughs> in their game despite the matchups they had. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's been a crazy, uh, interesting season to date. Another Dak, quarterback uh, note that we had – pardon? Or, or, or Dak, Dak, yeah, Dak Prescott. Yep, yep. I, I felt that pain too. Fortunately, it didn't cost me in the FFPC, but it, it made my game much more interesting. I needed uh, – basically, uh, my team had a six-point lead uh, going into the Sunday night game, and I had Prescott and my opponent had Kamara. And uh, basically, we were going back and forth, scoring about the same for our players. And Kamara ended up with uh, 11 and a half or so, and Dak threw the interception and ended up with just shy of of, uh, of 11. And I ended up winning by six. But if Kamara had broken one of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, runs, uh, you know, where they were trying to run out the clock there for a score, I would have lost that game. So, uh, you know, it was a very, very uh, low-scoring game for a lot of big-name players. None of the Chiefs caught touchdowns. You know, you know, uh, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, and, and Demarcus Robinson, and, and Travis Kelty too. They were all shut out, so it was kind of a low-scoring game. But uh, let's get back right back to another note that I want to talk about, another key uh, injury, uh, the Bears. Mitch, uh, Mitchell Trubinsky uh, dislocated, dislocated his shoulder. looks like he's out uh, multiple weeks, and definitely there. No, no surgery is planned right now. We'll see how it is. But I, I guess you could probably stick anyone in at quarterback, and as long as they halfway effective with that defense, you know, the, the Bears just keep rolling. They keep winning games, the low-scoring games and such. But he's uh, likely out uh, multiple weeks. Chase uh, was it? Is it? It's Chase Daniel there. That uh, that's the replacement there for uh, for uh, Mitchell Dubinsky. So, um, what do you think of that uh, situation there? Is, is 
do you do you sit your Bears uh, receivers uh, now that they've got a different quarterback, or, or what? What do you think, uh, Chris? Oh, oh no, not at all. In fact, Chase Daniel was one of the most sought after and highly paid backups in the league for about the last four, five, six years, and he actually has great familiarity with this offense, even more so than Trubisky, because he was with Nagy in Kansas City uh, briefly as well. So he, Chase Daniel, if you, in fact, if you watched any of the game, I, I happen to see about a fair amount of the second half of this game, Chase Daniel, the offense actually seemed to be moving more efficiently with him on, in there. And as we've talked about before, Trubisky has struggled so far this year. So I absolutely would not downgrade or change anything about – any of the uh, the Bears' offensive players. If anything, uh, David Montgomery's touches have been going up week by week, and that's probably likely to continue if they had any concerns. But I don't think they do. I don't think they're going to change the offense one darn bit with Chase Daniel. So whatever you had an Allen Robinson at before or a Taylor Gabriel or a David Montgomery, I'd say you leave them right where they are and don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, one other big injury to talk about before we get to the whole list of it is Devontae Adams had a, a career night on uh, Thursday night football, 10 catches, uh, but was 160 yards or so. Uh, and his last catch uh, got him in the red zone, and then he immediately grabbed his toe. Uh, he limped off the field, and he's got turf toe. So this is uh, 10 days between the next game. Very iffy whether he's going to play. Uh, well, uh, obviously we're going to see if he practices and all. But if you got MVS or Geronimo Allison uh, – do you uh, if Adam sits? Do you do you plug him in and play him? I don't know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to be looking more to Jimmy Graham and Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Doesn't seem to trust the other wide receivers. That's what the feeling that I got from watching that game. What were your thoughts, Chris? I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, I the, the nice thing about all three of those receivers, Adams and Allison and MVS, they all can play any one of the positions in the offense. So regardless of who goes down, they're going to have two guys familiar with the remaining two slots. So I, I'm not worried about that, and I think they're, he has, Rogers has a great deal of confidence, I think especially in, in MVS. Um, MVS had two pass interference calls that he drew on, on, on the opposition, and he was obviously the target of the interception in the end zone when I think he got mugged. But So I think yeah. Rogers will have no problem going to him, especially uh, often uh, in Adams' absence. The question is, can he – can he, you know, step up with number one coverage on him? That that's the bigger question to me. Can he get open? Not will Rogers throw to him? It's going to be interesting to see what happens down in Dallas. That's where they're playing this week. It could be more of a low-scoring game if Adams doesn't play in this game because the Packers' uh, secondary has been playing uh, pretty, pretty pretty well too. Uh, you know, and, and of course, doesn't look like Michael Gallup's going to come back this week. Although Jerry Jones refuses to to uh, to, to rule him out. So let's get right to the list of injuries real quick here. Uh, Josh Allen with a concussion. Buffalo uh, status isn't certain. We'll see if he practices later in this week. The Jets are hoping that Sam Darnold's spleen has uh, kind of gone back to regular size there uh he's been cleared for non-contact drills we'll see if he can practice fully at the end of the week and whether he plays or not they might have to hold him out one more week uh Saquon Barkley's already out of his protective boot a high ankle sprain he's still listed as a week-to-week expected to miss anywhere from three to seven more weeks he's open more on the three to five side uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Wayne Gallman, uh, people, everyone picked him up. You, you, you practiced, played him last week. He got almost a Saquon Barkley-type game out of him, so uh, no problem there right now. Uh, we already talked about Marlon Mack as ankle, uh, likely to play this week. Uh, Damian Williams with a knee in Kansas City. It's going to be interesting to see if he can get back on the field. He sat out the last two weeks. Uh, Daryl Williams is the guy to pick up there, obviously. Uh, Devin Singletary with a hamstring practice at the end of last week. He did not pra- play, so they wanted to hold him out one more week, see if he can get a full week of practice in. Maybe he'll play this week. Jamal Williams 
uh, but took that big uh, hit, head uh, neck injury hit uh, over on uh, Thursday night. Uh, he sat on Monday along with Adams, and we'll see if he can get back on the field. Uh, we'll see what happens the rest of this week. Tyreek Hill looked like he was fairly close to returning with the shoulder, but I think he's going to miss one to three more weeks. We'll see there. Uh, we already mentioned T.Y. Hilton in the quad. Doesn't look good there. A.J. Green looks like he's expected to miss two more weeks with the ankle. Uh, he was out on the field kind of uh, looking fairly good, but he had a little bit of a gimp in his step there. And, of course, they just lost uh, John Ross for multiple weeks with a uh, shoulder injury that happened in uh, Monday night's game. Uh, so they're, they're going to be going with uh, Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate as their top, top two wide receivers for Andy Dalton there. But they got a good matchup against Arizona this week, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Jarvis Landry had an, uh, almost a career day there for the Browns, uh, but he suffered a concussion. He's in the pro- protocol. We'll see if he can get back out on the field. And Deshaun Jackson might be nearing a turn for the Eagles' abdomen. Uh, he set out the last two weeks, may come back this this week we'll see. Terry McLaurin was a surprise uh, scratch with a hamstring injury. Uh, of course, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be over there, whether it's going to be Haskins, Keenum, or Colt McCoy. They're going to make a decision on Thursday or Friday. That doesn't make uh, McLaurin very attractive unless it's Keenum again. Uh, we already mentioned Gallup. Uh, looks like he might uh, miss another week. I don't know. Uh, Jerry Jones not ruled him out yet. We'll see. Mike Williams with the back in, in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we'll see if he can play this week. Taylor Gabriel with concussion after the big three touchdown game. Everyone went out and grabbed him, and then, oh, well, he's concussed. He didn't play last week. Uh, we'll see. And, of course, he's got a new quarterback, uh, Chase Daniel, there. Kenny Stills limped off the field with a hamstring injury in the Houston. That actually might be good news for Will Fuller. More targets there. Does look like Stills probably going to play for a week or so. We'll see if and when he practices. Hunter Henry, remember him? Yeah, with a knee. Uh, expected to miss two to four more weeks for the Chargers. T.J. Hawkinson took a, a, a big spill on the shoulder, a concussion. He's out indefinitely, uh, at least a couple of weeks there. We'll see. Vance McDonald didn't play on Monday night with a shoulder. He, we'll see if he can practice later this week. Jordan Reed could miss seven more weeks. They're saying his, reti- his early retirement is not going to happen yet, but I'm not sure. We'll see uh, if he ever gets back on the field. And Michael Badgley is out two more weeks. Uh, they signed Chase McLaughlin uh, to kick for the Chargers. They don't want to use Ty Long, their punter, anymore, so make a note of that. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please visit our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our free NFL QuickBiz page. It's updated every single day. Uh, free Eye in the Sky scouting and season reports, including reports on the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy newsletters has daily uh, releases, including daily premium injury QuickBits. All of our injury information is premium. 
and of course our expanded picks to click feature the market uh, I just released it earlier today uh, NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney as well as mastermind moments from myself and and of course we release our rankings on Wednesday and update them on Saturday it also includes the inside slant uh, holler from the cheap seats on John Holler's uh, stuff uh, we mentioned the chicken switch article last week that's a, a really good piece for people to check out the uh, the newsletter is normally 35.95 but we're already in week 5 so we promoted it down in 19.95 try us out it's the price of a loaded pizza all right let's oh follow me on twitter also at at ff mastermind let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick for week 5 how about a couple of quarterbacks you like and why chris well, we mentioned him earlier. I kind of like Jacoby Brissett this week for all the reasons we, I mentioned you know, earlier. He's doing very well, especially in the near red zone. And with any potential limitations to Marlon Mack, I think the Colts could use the short passing game as kind of that running game surrogate. So that, again, increases his volume. And let's be real here. The Colts are probably going to trail in this game. He'll be forced to throw a ton just to try and keep up. Very good likelihood for a high-volume day for Jacoby Brissett. And then I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater this week. You know, maybe it's just wishful thinking, but it's hard to see how Teddy B won't get the shackles loosened this week with this absolutely atrocious Buccaneers pass defense standing before him. They're allowing an average of 340 yards per game. Now, granted, it was with Drew Brees, but the Saints have averaged 35 points per game and over 350 passing yards per game. The last three home matches with Tampa, they might need that again to keep up this week. If he doesn't do it big this week with this opponent, I think he's droppable in all formats. Okay, uh, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a big bounce back week for Tom Brady. Uh, the Buffalo Bills game fits really good defense. Well, guess what? He gets the hapless Redskins. And every quarterback except Daniel Jones last week had thrown for three touchdowns against uh, them. And uh, Jones uh, just threw one, and then he didn't really need to throw any more because he just kind of ran the clock out and such. So uh, Tom Brady's going to get you three touchdowns this week, I believe. Kyler Murray, Arizona, uh, he's going to rebound this week. And they've got a good shot to get their first win. They're 0-3-1. They play the wingless Bengals. And the Bengals are really struggling right now, so I think that Murray to Fitzgerald is going to go down uh, in the end zone this week. Uh, so if you got Murray, start him. A couple guys uh, I'm not crazy about, and I love Daniel Jones long haul, but uh, as a giant this week against the Vikings, uh, very good defense, very good secondary. Secondary, uh, He's going to be struggling to throw even one touchdown in this game, so you sit him for fantasy. And uh, Baker Mayfield played a little bit better this past week, but he's still having problems in the pocket. Uh, this is more of a, ro- a run team first, and, uh, and so it goes through Nick Chubb, not Baker Mayfield, and he's playing at San Francisco on Monday night. I think they're going to limit him, and I would not play him this week. So uh, that's the one quarterback to stay away from. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? A couple of caution plays for some guys you're probably thinking of starting. I'll start with Dak Prescott. Um, remember, his numbers were a bit inflated by the early season schedule, and playing the decent pass defense last week, they really limited him. Actually, he's been below 270 yards three straight weeks now, and he's only averaging 240 in that span, so that might be a little more typical of his expected performance overall. With Green Bay being tough in the secondary and very weak against the run, seems reasonable. This is a heavy Zeke day, so the volume totals for Dak are going to be very pedestrian again this week. And in a very similar vein, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have another uh, – very low volume because he's playing against a very weak run defense, likely limiting his volume for the passing game. I also suspect the team's going to want to fire up Melvin Gordon a bit and attack that soft Broncos run defense a lot. Looking at the history, too, Rivers has been held under 200 yards in four of his last six games versus Denver, and he's thrown nearly as many picks as touchdowns over the last six years in the 12 games in this matchup. Only 14, uh, or 14 interceptions and only 17 touchdowns over the last 12 games. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? 
Really like David Johnson this week. It's another great matchup, and not just because the Bengals have allowed the second most fantasy points to the position through four games. They obviously can't stop anyone, and the Cardinals might actually be able to run out the clock in this one for a change. But besides their poorest run defense, Cincinnati also has allowed the most receptions and yards to running backs, and DJ has the second most targets and the third most catches amongst running backs. So it's a good, it's a good fit. And I kind of like LaShawn McCoy this week. I still like him to remain the lead back now that he's a little bit healthier in what should be a very fantasy-friendly matchup on Sunday night at home against the Woeful Colts run defense. The Colts are allowing over five yards per carry, and they've been beaten by all sorts of running backs, in the air especially, but big guys, small guys. Even in a split with either one of the Williams, he's still the best bet, I think, for goal line touches and continued involvement, even if Damian Williams manages to show up later this week. Okay, uh, a couple of court, uh, running backs I like this week, uh, guys that you just mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott, what's not to like there? The Packers can't stop the run. This is a home game in the Cowboys, and Zeke has yet to have a Zeke huge game. I think 150 yards, a couple scores in this game, very likely. So start him, of course, and uh, you smile. Melvin Gordon, uh, well, you know, if he makes it through this week's practice and announces a starter, then you're going to start him at home because the, runs, the Broncos' run defense is not very good. Like you said, that Phil Rivers might have a little bit more trouble passing on him, so they're going to give – a heavy dose of Melvin Gordon and throw some passes to him too. So I'd start him. A couple of guys I'd be worried about. You're probably going to start uh, both of these guys, or at least the first guy, Josh Jacobs, a rookie uh, for the Oakland Raiders. They're going in, into London where there's normally low-scoring games there. And guess what? They get the Bears. Oh boy, you know I don't know if he's going to get like 18 carries for 32 yards in this game. Uh, you know he's he's not as much uh, involved in the passing game. They're throwing more to DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, but. Uh, you know, it's just not a very good setup for Josh Jacobs this week. And Wayne Gallman is caution play. Vikings, I think, are going to limit him. They, they're good against the run and the pass. Uh, they're going to be keying on him as well as Daniel Jones. So uh, start him if you need him. But, you know, you better cross your fingers and, and pray because it's not going to be a very easy game like he had last week against the Redskins. Be careful there. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about why and why this uh, week, Chris? A couple of studs that I think are caution plays, but you're going to play anyway. I'll start with Alvin Kamara. Uh, the Tampa run defense has actually been really solid, the number one statistically on the ground, and they've shut down Saquon, McCaffrey, and last week they shut down Gurley, even though he scored twice. He, they really shut him down, very few carries, very few yards. You know, Kamara's going to get his, and he should be played in a high-scoring game, but generally uh, it's the rest of the weapons that have the most success against the secondary. Tampa's really not allowed much in the air to running backs either, so, you know, who knows? I think it's a little bit of a caution play. And then Le'Veon Bell, even coming off a of bye week, I can't see how he will have a lot of success here against a team that has shut down nearly every, every running back it has seen. The Eagles will be selling out to stop the Jets' only weapon, and they're going to hope that the feeble Jets' passing game with what I believe will be Luke Falk again, unable to attack their soft spot in the secondary. This could look just like week three against New England with a lot of volume for Le'Veon but very little success. Yep. How about a couple wide receivers you like and why? I actually like Adam Thielen to have a big bounce back. He's been a huge disappointment so far, but he is primed for the classic squeaky wheel uptick in targets this week after griping about the team running too much over the weekend. The fact that he faces a terrible pass defense in the G-men, fourth most points per game to wide receivers, that surely helps too. He's actually averaging eight catches uh, for 141 yards and a touchdown against NFC East opponents over the last three seasons. So that, that bodes pretty well for him. And then uh, I like Will Fuller to have another, another guy who's off to a really slow start to have a big bounce back. He's been real close to a long TD nearly every week, and he's still getting very consistent targets just a matter of time until they connect and he scores big. Falcons have been very prone to the big play in recent weeks, 
and speedy receivers have done the bulk of the damage at the position all season. I think this is the week he breaks one and finally scores. And like you mentioned earlier, Kenny Stills potentially being out or at least limited may give him a few more targets as well. Yep. Uh, one more note on uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, Kirk Cousins made his uh, weekly K-Fan show. That's uh, K-F-A-N radio show today. And he made a uh, quote, and he said, I really want to apologize to Adam Thielen because there's too many opportunities where we could have hit him on Sunday. Adam's not just a really good player or one of the best players on the Vikings. He's one of the best players in the NFL, one of the best players in the world, period, regardless of position. And so we want to, we need to, I need to get him more opportunities get him the football, unquote. So, yeah, this is a perfect uh, uh, example of a squeaky wheel. Remember when Aaron Rodgers last week said we got to get Devontae Adams more involved? Yeah, career day? Okay, we'll see on Adam Thielen. But, yeah, you start him if you own him. And I got him a lot of places, and you bet I'm starting him this week. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Josh Gordon, I think he's going to burn the Redskins for a score in this game. Edelman's still beat up. Uh, Brady has a rebound game. And this is not the Bills secretary. secretary. This is the Redskins. Josh Gordon's going to score this week. Sammy Watkins, long overdue for a score, and is coming at home against the Colts this week, so you got to start him. A couple of wide receivers not crazy about. Tyro Williams, Oakland, uh, the Bears are going to limit him. You know, it's going to be very tough. They seem to uh, give up touchdowns to the number one wide receiver on the road when it's in the opposing uh, team's home stadium, but this game is being played in London. Usually those games don't score. There's not much scoring in those games, so I'd be very careful about Tyro Williams. This is not like a real home game for Oakland. And Amari Cooper, uh, you're going to start him. He may score, but the Packers are definitely going to limit his yards, so you just start him and then cross your fingers and hope, but I don't think he's going to get much this week. How about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, start with Sterling Shepard. He's been getting major targets for the first four weeks, and he's been producing good numbers. And this is why I think he's going to initially draw Xavier Rhodes in coverage this week, while the veteran Golden Tate does not, coming off of his four-game suspension. Plus, Tate's going to line up in the slot a bit where Rhodes tends not to go. And if you look back at the preseason, Tate and Daniel Jones actually had a really good chemistry, so I can see him locking onto Tate a bit and reducing Shepard's looks by a fair amount. It won't be as bad as, like, uh, Aguilar suffered the other week when he just suddenly dropped off the face of the earth, but I think a dip is coming for Sterling Shepard. Another guy is, is A.J. Brown. This is all more of a reminder to everyone not to get caught chasing last week's points and overreacting to one week's results. Look at the whole season. Look at the opponents, not just one game. Tennessee's still a run-first team. Brown still has very few targets, 17, and very few catches, 10 on the season. And Mariota still is quarterback. Buffalo's allowed the third most wide receiver targets in the NFL, but the seventh fewest yards and only one touchdown. And most of the receptions have gone to slot receivers, which Brown is not most of the time. Don't get enamored with that big game and overreact. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw a, a, a comparison on Twitter today that uh, Metcalf and Brown, uh, I, I think they were, were they college teammates or whatnot, but they both have 10 catches on 16 or 17 targets and they have the exact number of yards, 200, what, 223, something like that. And Brown has two scores and Metcalf has one. So <laughs> they're off to a fairly good start, but very, very inconsistent from both of them, especially Brown, so you've got to be careful there. Um, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? really love Tyler Eifert this week. He's been a prime red zone target so far for Dalton. And if you watch the Monday Night Football game, his lack of fantasy points does not belie his true potential and usage. He was targeted in the end zone multiple times in that game. With Arizona's colossal inability to cover the tight end, six touchdowns and 110 yards per game already. Oh, my gosh. Great chance that a score is likely for this guy, who's been a TD machine when healthy and is due in 2019, plus no A.J. Green, no John Ross. I think he's going to have a big game. 
And then I like Eric Ebron this week. I expect a high-volume passing day for Indy, like I said before, and Ebron is likely to be the best weapon on the field for Brissett if Hilton doesn't go. He actually should have had a huge game last week, if not for four dropped passes, and he tends to follow up poor games with big ones. So since the Chiefs are not real good at covering the tight end, allowing the third most receptions and targets so far, I think he sees a ton of targets this week, just like he did in the playoff game versus Kansas City last year. Wow, he had all those drops this past week? Yep, one catch on five targets and four drops. The one catch was a 48-yard touch. That's right. I saw that. <laughs> I did not know about all the drops. That's what happens when you watch Red Zone. <laughs> all right. Uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Will Disley, what's not to like here? Yeah, I think he's going to score at home against the Rams. They've been uh, throwing consistently to him in the uh, in the Red Zone. And Noah Fant, uh, he got his first score last week. He doesn't see very many targets, but for a bye week fill-in, I think he's a pretty good play because the Chargers do struggle against the tight end. Uh, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, and they're caution plays, and you're going to start the first guy at least. Austin Hooper's been so hot, but it is a caution play against the Texans because they really limit the tight end, so they're probably going to focus a lot on not only stopping Julio, but the number two would probably be Austin Hooper in that game, so you just start him and hope. The other one, uh, our favorite REM sleeper from a couple of weeks ago, the last couple of weeks, he scored James O'Shaughnessy, Jacksonville. The Panthers play the tight end very tough there, so I wouldn't expect a touchdown there from him this week. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm going to disagree with you on Noah Fant. I mean, I think this is another guy that had his first solid game last week, uh, but whose usage is actually consistently low. You know, don't chase the old points. You know, you mentioned the Chargers are bad against the tight end. The total stats say that, but almost all of those came in one game, Houston game, which seemed a little fluky. The other three games against better tight ends, they allowed a combined three catches for 72 yards to the position. So I actually don't like Noah Fant at all this week. I think that last week was the aberration. And then I'm a little down on Evan Ingram this week, a, a caution play. Um, the Bills have been tops at limiting the tight end so far. No touchdowns, under three catches a game. But I also see him losing a lot of those underneath looks to Golden Tate, uh, kind of like what I mentioned with Shepard. He's too good to bench, but I think a reduced workload is anticipated. And the Vikings have allowed no tight end touchdowns so far. Okay, well, we'll see a Mr. Fant there. Anyway, let's get right to the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. And if you're going to make a bet on Noah Fant with me, that's, I think that's a sign of desperation right there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with Randy Bullock. It's always a good idea to play a kicker versus Arizona, especially one going at home, so I think the Bengals kicker should be good. And then I like Josh Lambeau this week. He's riding an improved offense with, with uh, Gardner Minshew, another game with a kicker-friendly opponent. And Carolina's tough in the red zone, so I think he might get some chances. As far as defenses, I really like the Eagles uh, at home against the Jets. They're overdue for a game with a lot of sacks, and this home game looks like it has potential, again, especially if Luke Falk is under center. And I like Arizona at Cincinnati. The Cards have been getting pressure versus mobile quarterbacks, so they should have an even easier time finding Dalton behind that terrible offensive line. Since he's 10 turnovers lead the NFL and 19 sacks are the second worst, so I think Arizona could actually have a pretty good day. Okay. Uh, we want to remind everyone a premium newsletter purchase gets you also free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week six. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.